And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Tuesday. And I'm about to step in it, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, everybody. We are live from the bunker. Broadcasting from deep beneath the world headquarters here in the super-secret underground bunker. My name is Jason Hudd. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Firmly ensconced in the gold-pressed, latinum-plated throne, Attila the Hun chair. Terrible for my back. One of these days, I'm going to have to get another chair. It just is... It's on the list. It's on the list. Did my did that music just stop? I didn't realize it was that short. Anyway, all right, give a shout out to everybody who's listening to this as a podcast. And today is one of those days, like I talked about before, where if you're listening to the podcast and not watching the video, <coughs> you may miss a couple of things because there are going to be visual aids today, folks, at least to start. Uh, so uh, that's okay, though. Even if you're listening as a podcast, I will I will thoroughly inform you, even if you can't see what I'm talking about. That's okay. All right. We are live on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and Twitch, and the chats are open. Let me say hi to people who are in the chat over on YouTube. Cam's here. Matuin's here. Dave's here. JR's here. Keeley's here. Good to see all of you with us. Uh, make sure that you are connected to us over on the Discord server where various conversations continue over there. And, of course, our email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. Don't have a guest today, but I thought I, I, would, <coughs> I thought I would take a moment because I keep seeing this circulating around. And a lot of people, a lot of people are making hay with this. There's a lot of online discussion in and around the fandom communities about this. For good reason. Don't get me wrong. This is something that's worth discussing. (coughs) But I think there is... I think there's more to this than than what people are are bringing to the table. And I want to bring a little bit of extra value to the to the conversation a little bit a little bit extra because in my nearly 35 years in the media I have I have run across this kind of thing before and it's not necessarily what everybody assumes it is so over over the weekend we've even talked about it we've talked about it Sunday night over on Culture Casinos channel uh, there are discussions taking place <coughs> about this new poster for the Little Mermaid for the China market. And 
it is different from the marketing that's going on in the United States and elsewhere. And it is different in that our mermaid character, Ariel, played by Halle Bailey, is noticeably blue in this poster. And a lot of people are assuming, and probably justified in assuming, that Ariel is blue in this poster for the China market because Disney is racist. Let's add some layers to that. All right, I'm not going to just jump on the bandwagon and go, this is racist. There can be an argument made for that, certainly. <coughs> Especially when you factor in, because people have pointed out and they've talked about, this is not something new. Disney has done this before. They did it to John Boyega on the Force Awakens poster. They did it to Chadwick Boseman on the Black Panther poster. Anytime you have a black character featured prominently in the marketing or as a lead character in your picture, when it goes to China, somehow, for some reason, the black characters kind of get minimized or diminished in some way. And a lot of people want to make the argument and they want to point to Disney and say, Disney's being racist against John Boyega. Disney's being racist against Chadwick Boseman. I think that's only part of it. Is Disney inherently racist? I don't know that that's the case. A lot of people want to make that make that argument. They want to sit there and accuse Disney. It's it's an easy it's an easy accusation to make, and and it does play well in the alternate media space. But. I think there's more going on here than just Walt Disney Pictures is racist. That's 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 a throwaway. Let's add some nuance to this. <coughs> I see Death Angel Shadow jo joining the chat and throwing the Discord link in there. Hex Allen Comics jumping in. Good to see all of you there. So those of us who are of an age will remember when you see movies on television, <coughs> theatrical movies that go to television, a lot of times you would see something like this, a little disclaimer card that goes the beginning of the movie and a lot of times, this is even back before cable, if all you had was CBS, NBC, ABC, this, this film has been modified from its original version. It's been formatted to fit this screen and edited to run in the time allotted and for content. There's some version of this would have been in front of various theatrical movies that are now showing on network television. And a lot of times it was, we're going to cut it to fit around the TV commercials. We have to, we have to you know, chop it up to fit the breaks. 
and a lot of times with certain movies that had certain amounts of language in it, you have the audio edited to eliminate some foul language and some alternative camera angles, perhaps, to hide body parts and such. I've actually been on productions where <coughs> you have, uh, you're shooting a movie, and this has happened a couple of different times. Uh, I, I've been on the crew where this has happened. You're, you're shooting a movie, and there are scenes involving uh, attractive young ladies in various states of dress and undress. And during the production, while we're shooting, the director you know, will get in there and they'll shoot the scene and they'll do the thing. And then they say, okay, now we're going to shoot for the PG version. Now we're going to shoot for the foreign version. Because the version that gets released in Europe, for example, may not necessarily be the version that gets released in the United States because of various different standards and practices and censors and whatever. And if it's going to go to broadcast, we got to have the broadcast edit. This is not anything new for studios to be changing their product for the market where it's going. And, and, and it's not just the European market, the Asian market, the South American market, Latin American market, but also broadcast television, cable network, home video. All, all of them have different requirements. All of them have different nuances that are involved in putting this in front of a particular audience. Because broadcast television standards regulated by the Federal Communications Commission <clears throat> is different <coughs> because of the, the family hour, the, the, the prime time hour. There's various different things that are involved because there are kids at home. And if you have a movie... That's all blood and guts and boobs and, and nudity and foul language and F-bombs everywhere. That's not going to play very well in front of 5-year-olds or 10-year-olds or 12-year-olds. And so FCC has certain particular rules and regulations and standards for broadcast television. It's different for cable. <coughs> it's different for prime premier, premium cable, what they used to call HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, the ones you paid extra for, it's different. The rules are different. Because the audience, the potential audience that you reach through that particular channel, that particular medium, the audience is going to be different. And it's really, 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 really easy to sit there and go, Disney's racist. That's, that's the short, the short route. <clears throat> and I'm not, I am not 
defending the Walt Disney Company. Make no mistake about that. I am not defending the Walt Disney Company. I am not defending Walt Disney Pictures. I am not defending Bob Iger. But I do bring a certain amount of knowledge and expertise to this that I think is getting missed in a lot of the anger over this Little Mermaid poster. Now, is it racist to hide Halle Bailey's race on the poster, even though people go to see the movie, they're going to see that she's black? (coughs) And I would suspect that the Walt Disney Company doesn't probably, I probably doesn't care that much about how much money they make in China over some of these pictures. I think it's the act of getting it in the China market at all is the win. I think that this is Bob Iger came back and opened up the China market for Disney again. This is political on that front. I think that's part of it. I don't know that the Walt Disney Company and Walt Disney Pictures factors in that much of what the China market is going to do box office-wise. That's a guess. That's a guess. But it seems to me that American Hollywood Pictures stuff, movies, don't do as well in China in, in the main for the most part. Now, some of them do better than others. But the China market, even though it's a huge market, because there's a billion people over there. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people in China. But doing something like this, yes, it's kind of disingenuous because you're hiding the skin color of your actress. But also consider the fact that Disney kind of brought it on themselves by hiring a black actress to play a, a traditionally white character. Now, I'm not saying that Ariel has to be white. But if you look back at the roots of the story itself, The Little Mermaid, the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, it's a Scandinavian, it's in that Eastern Europe milieu. And inherently, traditionally, most of the people who live in that part of the country are white. And Ariel has been traditionally portrayed, not just in Disney material, but throughout the tellings of The Little Mermaid, she's historically been white. So Disney makes a choice to race-bend the character to begin with, which causes all sorts of sturm and drang. That's a choice. And then they do this marketing to kind of hide the fact that they cast a black actress as Ariel. And that's a choice. But I don't think it's a choice based inherently and solely on a racist attitude. I think it's political. I think it's financial. I think it's also kind of a market-driven thing because this kind of thing has been going on 
for a very long time, and it's not just Disney, and it's not just the China market. Alterations to material have been done in the past for various different reasons. Lots of different reasons. And some of those reasons can be explained. We're changing format. We're getting a different... We're in front of a different audience. There's a different market. No, okay, fine. <clears throat> you know, in, in, in Europe, the European market, nudity is a little bit more tolerated than it is here in the United States. Th those kind of things come into play anything that you're going to put out there. Sci-Fi <coughs> Snob in the chat. Ariel is pasty white. She lives under the sea where no light penetrates. She's whiter than white and whiter than anybody above the sea. I, you know, that's, a, that's one argument to make, too. Uh, awesome one in the chat. Good to see you. I hear Ariel ad coming from the living room. And, you know, and they are making all of this. You know, it's such a great sea-worthy movie. <laughs> uh, Dave says, how do we know that the studio didn't color time this film and lighten the skin hues to their advantage in some circumstances? Oh, as far as the movie itself? Um, I... I don't know that they did. Um, I'm not familiar enough with Halle Bailey, what she looks like just in in the main, in, in her civilian persona to, to judge. I, I would think that she probably looks the way she does in real life. I don't know. <clears throat> but there are a lot of other complaints about The Little Mermaid as far as the CG being dodgy and the... The, um, you know, the crab being the wrong kind of crab. This kind of crab wouldn't survive underwater. I saw that somewhere. Uh, Snob says, the original is pretty good. I see no reason to remake this movie. Yes and no. We had, to, we had a little bit of a conversation on this over on Culture Casino's channel uh, Sunday night. Culture's of the opinion... <clears throat> And he could be right to a point, and and Tom Connors took kind of the opposite direction of this. If if uh, if they remake the movie, they can keep a hold of the rights to their version of it a little bit longer. I'm not sure that's exactly entirely the case. There that might be a factor in let's remake everything, but I think it's also a let's remake everything cash grab. You know, the, the the animated picture was so popular, now let's make a, a live-action version of it. And the first time they did it, oh, I want to say, was it the first time? Was the first time they did it, was it Beauty and the Beast? Was that the first one? No. I don't remember. Whichever one was the first one did gangbusters. And so they said, aha, we have a new formula. We have a new process. We take our animated library our classics, the things that everybody loves, and we'll just do them over again in live action. And for the most part, look, for the most part, it's kind of working for them. Might have been Beauty and the Beast. Okay, Death Angel says it might have been Beauty and the Beast. It was either Beauty and the Beast or, or Lion King. So one of those. And... As long as it makes money, they'll continue to do it. Whether it's released in China or not, that's a separate thing. But I think calling Disney out as racist is only an itty 
bitty piece of this. Because if you're going to call out anybody for being racist, call out China. Call out the market for how they deal with people in Africa. Because the, the Chinese government owns a lot of property in Africa right now, folks. I don't know if you know that or not, if you're aware. But the government of China has bought a lot of land in Africa. And how do they treat Africans? <clears throat> how do they treat people who are not Chinese in China? Badly. And it's not just based on your religion, as we see with the, 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 the concentration camps with the Uyghur Muslims. China overall <clears throat> has some policies that are questionable to any reasonable person in the 21st century. This is not a new thing. This is not a new problem. And it's not something that's just going to just go away overnight because capitalism, you know, it, we, we, we don't spread democracy to China. You saw what happened in Hong Kong. I mean, we abandoned Hong Kong. Hong Kong's gone. Hong Kong is lost to us because we abandoned them. We're not going to convert China. We're not going to sit there and say, hey, you know what? Capitalism. Try it. Give it, a, give it a shot. China's the enemy. <clears throat> but you have an overall broader problem than just Disney changing their posters to fit the market. And I think as long as we keep yelling about Disney changed the poster... We're not focused on China is racist. The Communist Chinese Party is racist. And part of that is the government. Part of that is the ideology of communism, Marxism. We see that here. Because the Marxists and communists here in the United States are all over with their DEI and their diversity quotas and their hiring practices and their, you know keeping everybody separate and divided and arguing and, and battling back and forth against each other. That's all Marxist communist thought, dialectic thought. You're either one or the other. You're with us or against us, for or against, us versus them. That's, that's Marxist propaganda seeping in and putting people at odds with each other. And as long as we're fighting each other, we don't see what's going on over there behind the curtain. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <clears throat> we need to call out the issue where it is. And is there anything that we can do about it? Probably not. We can pester our elected representatives 
our politicians and say, hey, maybe we ought not to do business with China as long as they're treating people badly. Because China is the enemy. Not necessarily the people, but the government of China, they're the bad guys. <clears throat> so it's not just this. It's not just these posters. It's not just the marketing of movies in China to kowtow to the communists. It's the communists. That's the problem. That's the bigger overall problem is the fact that you are dealing with a marketplace that is inherently anathema. It is not productive for a capitalist society to go in there and try to introduce a product into a communist market. Adjustments have to be made. Adjustments will be made. And it's not just Disney that's going to do it. Now, Disney is blatant in doing it. And they've been called out for it. I mean, the John Boyega thing with the, with the Star Wars posters, that is probably the most blatant out of all of them. I mean, you could argue the Black Panther one because the mask is part of the costume and he's still sitting there front and center. But you do hide the fact that you have a black actor in the poster. And absolutely Disney needs to be called out on that. Stand up and say, hey, he's an actor in our, part, in our, in our movie, he's one of the leads, and we're going to promote him. Stand up and take the shot. But <clears throat> the marketing of these products goes further back than just hey let's get into a china market all right this is just just from a from a broader overall this is what happens when you go into a different distribution channel whether it's going into china or going into europe or going to australia or going to broadcast or cable or now streaming or wherever things change it's 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 an old system. This has been going on for a long while, <clears throat> and not not just the posters, <clears throat> because it's not and it's not just it's not just the fact that you have black actors and how they get you know shoved aside on the on the posters. Marketing for various different countries changes. Because it emphasizes, you know, one poster will emphasize one aspect of the movie in, in the Eastern European market, and one poster will, will focus on something else for the, the, uh, the Middle Eastern market. You know, it just depends because tastes vary, cultures are different, and you're going to have different things that appeal to that marketplace so you change your marketing. 
You know, your TV commercials are not going to be the same as your radio commercials. They're not going to be the same as your billboards. They're not going to be the same as your web ads. You focus on different aspects of the product that you sell. And that's that's true of all marketing. It's not just movie marketing. It's not just getting, you know, getting into China market. It's every, every kind of marketing. If you have a marketing team worth their salt, <coughs> you will get different things for different distribution channels, different marketing channels, newspaper, magazine, uh, mail-in flyer, stuff that goes in the in the in the the Sunday you know pull-out section or whatever. Everything is different. There's a, there's a a cohesive strategy where all of it complements each other, but it's not all the same. And yes. This kind of thing here where they minimize the black actors on the poster, that's, that's, that's not acceptable, <coughs> but it is explainable. And I'm not sitting here saying that Disney is right, Disney is correct. All I'm saying is that the process of marketing to a particular audience involves changing the message, the way the message is delivered, based on who you're talking to and how you get to them. That's all I'm saying. This is part of a bigger problem. This is not... I mean, it's it's really easy to sit there and go, Disney's racist. It's real easy. I mean, they're handing us... They're handing us ammunition with this stuff. Absolutely. And the and shooting Mulan next to a next to a concentration camp, that's a bad look for the Walt Disney Company, no question. And they should be called out for that, absolutely. But the other aspect of this, <coughs> you have to ask the question: Why is Disney doing this in the China market? It's because China is like this. <clears throat> and that needs to be called out just as much, if not more so, because the Chinese people, the, the people in charge of allowing American Hollywood movies to come into the China market, those people are part of the Chinese Communist Party running the government there. It's a government agency. The people of China don't have any rights. The people of China might as well not even exist. You're dealing with the communist government of China. And the people that are running the film office there are of a piece. They have that same political ideological bent. And you're only going to get a certain number of movies in the China market per year from Hollywood. And that's that's just that's just how it is. <coughs> if I'm devising a strategy, if I have a client, my client comes in and says, "Hey, we've got this widget," and my job is to develop the marketing messages for the widget, and we want to sell the widget in China and Mexico and the United States and Germany. 
Well, my message is going to be different for each one. Let me let me give you an example of this. All right, Chevrolet. Let me give me an example of how to do it wrong. Chevrolet had a car back in the 60s. The Chevy Nova. Now, I don't know how many of you out there remember the Chevy Nova, but the Chevy Nova was a car. It was kind of solid. You know, let's make an affordable car. Pretty dependable. Not not too many frills. It was, you know, Chevy Nova. <clears throat> well, Chevrolet decided, hey, this thing's selling okay in the United States. Let's go sell it down in Mexico. And... They started. They started advertising the Chevy Nova in uh, in Mexico, and it wouldn't sell. What world? It's a solid car. It's a dependable car. And Stafasnov has it has it right in the chat. Nova means no go. So they were advertising a car that wouldn't work because it said Chevrolet no go. Well, I'm not going to buy a car that doesn't go. They didn't adapt their marketing for the marketplace where they were going. They didn't adapt their advertising message. The Chevy Nova did not sell in Mexico because of the language difference. It wasn't because the car was junk. It was because they sat there and said, Chevy's telling us that this car won't go. I don't want to buy it. You have to do your research. You have to do your homework. And you have to make changes in your marketing depending on where your audience is. That's that's the nature of the beast. That's the nature of the business. And that is not a defense of Walt Disney changing their posters like this. Now, there are ways to change the poster for the market that does not involve minimizing your black characters. That's a That's a different piece of it. But people sitting there going, Disney's, Disney's racist. Well, Disney's kowtowing to a racist policy in a country of racists. Expand your complaint. If you're going to complain about Disney being racist, that's fine. But it's not the full picture. It's not the total everything of this. You have to also acknowledge that the reason why Disney is doing this for the China market is because of how Chinese feel about blacks and other foreigners, not just, not just African-Americans or blacks, but anybody that's not a Chinese is inferior to the Chinese. That's how they look at it. That's how the government looks at it anyway. So, so, yes, we can complain about Disney changing the, changing the posters. But put some substance into that. So when you have some argument with somebody and say, ah, but you're just some alt-right conservative redneck. And you just go, no. Disney is making these changes because China is a bunch of racists. China's the enemy folks and i am i am convinced 
and you will not tell me otherwise. I mean, you could try, but I am convinced that we're at war with China. And I am also convinced that there are certain people in our elected offices who are compromised by the government of China. And I also think that Mr. Bob Iger at the Walt Disney Company still has political ambitions and a relationship to China is part of that. Having good connections with the Communist Chinese Party is something that I think Bob Iger is counting on in his political ambitions. Because he's not going to be CEO of the Walt Disney Company for very much longer. He's hedging his bets. And it's all so great. Bob Iger's back, and now the Disney Company is back in China. Well, that's not, that's not to make money. Because they don't make a lot of money in China. That's a political move more than anything else. And the, the, the poster changes are driven by local politics. Not Disney politics, although that could factor into it when you got all the DEI and my not-so-secret gay agenda and all that other stuff. Are there people at the Walt Disney Company who are racist? Probably. And, and if you look at Marxist thought and the communist thought and the people that are far-left progressives, you have the casual racism of low expectations. Oh, you poor thing, you can't do it on your own. Here, give, let me give you affirmative action. Affirmative action is a racist program if I ever heard one. You can't get there on your own. You need help from a white savior. Let me help you with this program to, to give you what you can't get on your own because you're not as good. I don't think that Disney <coughs> is the entirety of the problem here. It's just a piece of it. So when you have those arguments, when you have that discussion with people who think that you're just being silly, this QAnon stuff, that's some so conspiracy theory, you sit there and go, look, Disney is making these choices because the government of China has these policies against this group of people. And make it about the communists in China and how wrong they are, how bad their policy is, how evil they can be. It's a, it, this is a teaching opportunity. This is a learning experience, as they say. This is a chance to open up a conversation and so they go, yeah, this is a problem, and here's why. It's not just Disney being racist, because that's, that's the easy argument. You can sling that mud everywhere till the cows come home. But why is it? Well, it's because... China does this. 
China has this policy. China has that policy. China does this. China has this policy. China treats these people this way. And China does this. And their government believes this. And their president believes this. That's what you go after. This is the entry point. This is the entry point for that. This is how you get people to open up and sit there and go, look at what these bad guys are doing. Yes, Disney has their part to play in this. But there's a broader picture. And that's that's what that's the argument that we need to have. Because you're not going to convince people you just sit there and go, Disney's, Disney's racist. Okay, fine. You can't... You, every, marketing. You're in a different market. Your advertising changes. Th- that's as old as advertising has ever been. That has been part of the process. <coughs> All right. Uh, let me go back and look here. Uh, Death Angel says Disney should be focused on the North American market first, then adjusting market and dubs for the market. That's how they used to be. Because primarily, Hollywood movies played better in the United States, in North America, and then you'd make your alterations and whatnot going out into other things. But in this day of the Internet, when we are one global marketplace, you know, and there's all of this interaction back and forth now that they didn't, use, didn't used to have, the, the marketplace has changed. The dynamics of some of that, of doing business internationally, has affected how movies get distributed and how they get sold and how they get marketed and all that. So there is, a, there is an impact there with the global economy that didn't used to be there. So, yeah, that's that's a factor. Um, <clears throat> yes, Snob, I've seen that commercial. Uh, and actually, it's getting it's getting uh, passed around uh, in, a, in a couple of different places. I saw it in, uh, in a few places over the weekend. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Did we have a did we have a glitch? Let's see, Death Angels, did China mess up my comment? Um, I don't see, uh, did, a, did a comment get deleted? Because I didn't delete anything. Uh, Keely says, it seems the streams get messed up whenever we're talking about Disney and China. Well, you know, YouTube. <clears throat> YouTube being YouTube. Which is why, which is why you should be connected with us over on the other video platforms. And that gives me a chance to promote our other video platforms. All the different social media platforms. All the different places where you can see us, connect with us, talk to us. Including the Discord server. So go over there and look at the Discord server. All right, coming up tonight on the H2O podcast, the corollary to last week's episode. Uh, Last week, we talked about finales that didn't quite work. Tonight, we're going to talk about the shows that actually did stick the landing and gave us a very satisfying wrap-up finale. So we're going to be talking about that. That is tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, Tuesday night, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, Tuesday nights at 8, 7 Central, the H2O podcast. 
And we'll be back tomorrow to do this all again. Money edition on Thursday. And we have, do we have, we have Ranker Pit this week? No, Ranker Pit's off this week. So money edition here Thursday. <coughs> of course, uh, Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday. And in the meantime, check out all the rest of the videos that we've got here. And if you're listening to the podcast, check out the video. Go go find us on video. Go to the dot com and see the see the reviews of Christopher Paolini's books that Christopher Paolini retweeted. I'm very proud of Mrs. Boss. She posted the link to her review for Fractal Noise, and Christopher Paolini says, "I like this review," and he retweeted it. So, an accomplishment. And we are that close. We are that close to 200 episodes of Salacious Crumbs. And we are that close to 600 episodes here on Live from the Bunker. And we're that close to 350 episodes of the H2O podcast. We're just smoking right along, folks. And I'm glad that you're all along for the ride. Invite others to join us. Share the links. And in the meantime, remember that the politicians hate you. The media lies to you a lot. God has a plan for you, and there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 